Roman. You're locked into JJ and Alex. With the insight and analysis on the teams you can't live without. Presented by G2G Bars. This is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Welcome back. It's another edition of JJ and Alex right here, 97.5 VKSL Sports Zone. Thanks for being with us today. Appreciate you always being a part of the program. You can download the podcast. If you missed the show at all over the air, you can download the podcast wherever fine podcasts are produced near you, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, you can find all of them also at just uh, kslsports.com. There's a podcast tab right there. You can listen to any and all of the shows all day long right here on VKSL Sports Zone. Let's kick off the hour with the cut at the top here. We've got Mick Akers joining us from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Let's talk a little bit about the Major League Baseball situation there in Las Vegas as it pertains to Salt Lake as well, so stay right here. It is the cut. It's time for the biggest story of the day. This is what made the cut with J.J. and Alex on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. There was a time a couple of weeks ago that we were absolutely dead set on the idea of the A's temporarily making their home here in Salt Lake City as they waited for a field to be built there, there in Las billboards. Vegas. There were billboards. There were billboards. That should have almost been – that means it's almost real at that point. we got to stop putting stuff on billboards. Stop, everybody. Come on. You're getting our hopes up. Mick Akers joining us from Las Vegas Review-Journal where, of course, Vegas will have a baseball team but will not have them – living in their city until the stadium is finished around the 2028 season. Mick, thanks for being with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, we are totally confused by this. We feel used by the uh, A's organization uh, who have now shifted apparently their idea of trying to hang on to some of those TV dollars by keeping the team in Sacramento. What is going on with the A's? I want to understand from you guys' perspective. You cover this, of course. And so help us uh, understand what's going on with this Las Vegas A's team. Yeah, so, you know, there's been some conflicting reports. I've gotten different information from my sources that I've been working with, you know, over the last several years. Um, So right now what I've been told is they're focusing on trying to make something work in Oakland to, you know, play there in 2025 through 2027 before they move here in 2028. Obviously, they took some trips to Sacramento and out there to Salt Lake, um, you know, a few weeks back. And you mentioned, you know, some of the, you know, anticipation, maybe some fans out there looking forward to that maybe happening there. So, yeah, I wouldn't say it's dead in the water yet. Um, There's a lot of moving parts in Oakland. Um, Their relationship with some of the politicians out there isn't the greatest. You know, they've had some back and forths over the years. And um, it looked like, you know, this wasn't going to happen at all. Like, there was no possibility for them to maybe work this out. But now they're... You know, they had their first meeting with, you know, all people involved say, hey, that was positive. But, you know, there's going to be some ask by the, the city and the county out there in Oakland, you know, relating to, hey, if we let you guys stay here and play in the interim, you know, we're going to want some things in, in return. And, you know, they've been on the record saying, hey, we want to potentially keep the A's name in Oakland. The A's have already said we want to move that to Vegas. So that looks like that's going to be a hard no as far as on the A's side. And then they're also hoping the MLB – you know, promises them an expansion team should, you know, Las Vegas land A's in 2028 and let them play there in the interim. Uh, Major League Baseball has been on the record multiple times in the last few months saying, hey, we, we don't want to have an expansion process going on. So we couldn't, we couldn't, you know, guarantee a team to any market, you know, let alone Oakland, 
you know, because we don't have the process going right now. So, you know, there's a lot of moving parts. You know, I wouldn't say the whole thing in Salt Lake is, is all dead yet. Obviously, they went out there and spent time and money to kind of look at the market. So, you know, I, you know, I'm still hearing Salt Lake and Sacramento both in play should Oakland not work out. Mm. Well, why is this such a mess? Uh, is it is it the TV money that they'd be missing if they left the Bay Area? Why why is there so much confusion about where they're going to land? And I mean, it's, it, and and the other thing is, if they haven't had any good work with the Coliseum and with Oakland, why all of a sudden do they feel like things are going to be different now? What would change? It it just feels like a big, huge mess. Yeah, it seems you know it seems like they waited to the last minute to get all this figured out. Obviously, um, it was supposed to be part of their presentation when they had their relocation to Las Vegas approved in November by the uh, by Major League Baseball owners. That was unanimous, but that wasn't in there, obviously. So you know, they're trying to get this figured out now. they got to get it done in the next few weeks because they, Major League Baseball has to put together their all the schedules for the 2025 season. Uh, that comes out in July, but obviously there's a lot of work that between now and then they have to put together all the schedules, put the teams together, they have to put the travel and all that kind of thing. It's a lot of work. So it's something that has to be figured out here pretty shortly. Um, and as far as them going back to Oakland and trying to work it out, um, like I said, all along, you know, even back, you, you know, rewind to 2021 when some of those, you know, first uh, reports of saying, hey, they might be looking to, you know, look elsewhere outside of Oakland with Las Vegas popping up, you know, even back then, they had a different mayor and a couple of different city council members, and the, the relationship was still pretty contentious there. Um, fast forward, here we are again, and still contentious with the new mayor and some new uh, city councilmen there. So, uh, you know, I don't know why they think it might work out. Um, obviously, you mentioned the TV money. That's going to be a big part, around $70 million a year. If they don't play in the Bay Area, they're going to miss out on most, if not all of that. Uh, which is maybe why Sacramento's coming in play you know, a little bit closer to the Bay Area. Maybe they can work out a deal saying, hey, we're still in California. Um, you know, make XYZ money from this TV deal. You know, if they go to Salt Lake, obviously it's going to be out of California, so that's not going to be in, in their RSN deal there. So, you know, I've asked, hey, if, if they ended up playing outside of California, would you be able to work out another deal as far as another TV station or some kind of deal like that? Um, still seems kind of murky if they can. I'm not sure if, how the contract is with the – NBC Sports out there in the Bay Area. So, yeah, I th- you know, th- there's a lot of this kind of tied to the TV deal, and maybe that's why they went back to Oakland and try to get this figured out there. As we kind of walk through all this, obviously one of the pieces that's come into this is the Las Vegas mayor <laughs> making comments like, yeah, I think they should just stay in Oakland, uh, which, of course, is not really an option now. Uh, it's going to it's, This team's going to be in, in Vegas, of course, but how does the actual – we, we've heard comments too about like man uh yeah we do want a baseball team here we just don't want that baseball team here and the idea of the a's coming to vegas what what's the feeling of the community about the a's coming to vegas yeah so you know those comments by the mayor were kind of taken out of context if you if go back and listen to the actual interview they used it as a, you know a titching grabbing headline basically um for about two decades now her uh, Carolyn Goodman and her husband was the previous mayor, Oscar Goodman, uh, have been pushing to land a major league baseball team within the city of Las Vegas jurisdiction, um, basically where Cashman Field is, where, you know, the the former uh, AAA affiliate played there. Now they're out, you know, further out in Summerlin and Brandon Stadium. Um, so people who aren't aware, you know, the actual strip's not in Las Vegas jurisdiction. It's in unincorporated Clark County. So the Clark County Commission actually governs everything in there. So everything on the strip, uh, Legion Stadium's over there as well. 
Um, so when you hear the mayor saying these things, she's kind of just trying to get something landed in her jurisdiction. So it's, you know, a little, a little confusing for those who don't live out here. So, you know, when people hear that, she, she was just pushing her site. So when she said, we offered them all this land up to 60 acres and at a good price, and they wanted to go to the strip, it didn't make sense to me. So they ran with saying, the mayor says the Tropicana doesn't work, make sense to her, obviously. <laughs> well, you know, just when you look at it, it's just her trying to push her site. Um, when you talk to a lot of people, you know, there's there's mix, half and half, I would say. There's people who want Major League Baseball, but they see how the A's have performed. And, you know, people have been pointing out, hey, they, they don't spend money on the team, which owner John Fisher has told me several times, hey, when we get to Vegas, we're 100% on, you know, focusing on spending more on the team and trying to keep core pieces together instead of building up talent and let the, letting them go in free agency. They mentioned, hey, look at the Raiders. When they came out to Las Vegas, they scored all these different partnership deals with the Legion Stadium and their move to Las Vegas. They netted millions and millions of dollars. Uh, so, they, you know, they're kind of looking at that as a model. Hey, we can maybe get some more money if you let me go to Las Vegas. I'll obviously get a brand-new stadium, which we couldn't get done in, in the last 15 or so years in Oakland. So that's, you know, the attractiveness to the team, obviously, here. But I've been noticing a lot more A's hats popping up around town over the last, um, you know, year, year and a half, especially over the last few months after the relocation was approved. So, you know, I would say that, you know, there's a mix of it, obviously. Same thing when the Raiders are coming here. We, a little bit less of the people doubting the Raiders or their, their fandom out here. There were some built-in Raider fans out here with a lot of people who uh, have relocated here from Southern California over the last, you know, couple decades or so so you know there was a a built-in fan base or you know what it was but um as far as the a's it seems like it's kind of been growing ever since the relocation was approved and it looked more like a sure thing so what's the latest on the um baseball stadium situation in vegas is the tropicana site still going to move forward is the mayor going to get what she wants uh obviously we kind of went over there was this like feeling that maybe this could the A's could just go back to Oakland, which doesn't look like it. Looks like it's certainly going to be Vegas where they're going, and the commissioners made that clear. What's the what's the deal with the stadium, and how important is that for this whole deal to uh, come to a conclusion? Yeah, so you know they're still going through the process of getting everything finalized. Um, Tropicana is definitely going to be the site. You know, there's a bunch of rumors that go around saying, "Hey, maybe they'll they'll be looking elsewhere." Well, as far as that. Um, the legislation passed that's going to um, earmark about $380 million in public funds is all tied to the Tropicana site. So if you look at the language in that bill, it says it has to be on the corner of Las Vegas Boulevard and Tropicana, which is where the Tropicana site is. So, you know, everything's tied to that as far as the public money goes. And I don't see anybody out here or statewide wanting to do a special session to reverse that and make it a different location should they want to move. Um, obviously, they figure that out before um, they initially announced a different site before they went to the Tropicana. I think that was some last minute working because they've been working with Tropicana for the Valley Scorpio own it for the last several years. So I think, you know, that kind of came to a head and then they finally worked something out at last minute. Um, so, you know, they're definitely going to be Tropicana. They're still working to get some renderings out. They obviously had their initial ones that came out, which they mentioned when those came out, Hey, these are temporary. A lot of things could change. Um, so, the, you know, they were supposed to bring some out in December. We had some tragedies out here during that month, so they didn't feel like it was appropriate to do that at that time. And, you know, during that period, they started talking to Valley's Corp, who said, hey, we have the 30-plus other acres of land, and we're going to have a, a resort built on here. How about we work together and get renderings that depict both the new ballpark and the new stadium, I mean, the new hotel that we're going to build over here on this site. So that's what's kind of been behind the, the delay here. So they're trying to get something, figure out the best possible location for the stadium on the site. 
you know, after they, they after that, they'll build a hotel on it. So they're kind of working on that. Um, hopefully something comes out soon. They may be been hinting out maybe the big league weekend they have out here. It's going to be the second weekend of March. So potentially in the next few weeks, maybe we'll see something as far as the renderings go. They're still working with the Las Vegas Stadium Authority as far as getting some of their agreements together that have to be signed in order to make the public money available. Uh, very similar to the Raiders situation, all the way down to the Las Vegas Stadium Authority and also getting money from uh, a Senate Bill 1, different versions of it, but they were both called Senate Bill 1. So, you know, I think they're just kind of following the blueprint that the Raiders set as far as, you know, how a relocation and getting a new stadium in, in Las Vegas is possible. Um, so, you know, obviously there's some working parts, but it's, you know, all but a done deal. Uh, as you look at this, uh, by the way, we're speaking with uh, Mick Akers. He, of course, writes for the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Uh, covering all sorts of things, but uh, among among the ones that are of uh, interest here in Salt Lake, of course, are the idea of a Major League Baseball team. One, we were talking about this because Major League Baseball also is looking at Salt Lake at the possibility of expansion, but that wouldn't be probably until that 2030 kind of time frame. Uh, Vegas went quickly from being a no sports town, like a no major sports town, to uh, being one of the places that everybody wants to go. And Salt Lake looks at that and goes, man, when you prove that you can be a viable place, not just for a, a franchise, but also you can thrive there, that must be a huge part of why all these teams have looked at Vegas after they saw the success of the Golden Knights and be able to see, uh, obviously, the Raiders will have success because the NFL is uh, freaking massive. But also with the A's coming to town, like I, I would assume baseball sees all the things that, that Vegas has turned into as a sports town. This used to not be a sports town, and now it is. Oh, yeah, but that's, you know, for sure. You know, obviously you mentioned early success of the Knights. They won a Stanley Cup here. Um, then we also have the Aces. They're back-to-back WNBA champions. We just hosted the Super Bowl uh, last weekend uh, or two weekends ago. So, you know, obviously that's marquee sporting event in America. We've Allegiant Stadium is less than four years old, and it's already hosting the Super Bowl. So, obviously, you know, there's all kinds of other major events coming its way, including Final Four, um, potential, you know, college football championship games have been kind of, you know, I think in the works in the background. So, we're we're starting to land all these other marquee events outside of the teams that actually play here. Um, so, you know, Major League Baseball has been seeing that, and the NBA, a lot of talked recently uh, about NBA potentially expanding here and Seattle um, and then maybe reconfiguring the Eastern and Western conferences. Um, Adam Silver was talking about that just last week saying, Hey, De- Las Vegas is definitely on our list of expansion cities. I spoke to him two summers ago and he was, you know, kind of on that same um, wavelength back then as well. So they've been keeping an eye on here in Vegas. Obviously they have a, they have a project here in, um, the Oakview group who also redid the arena out there in Seattle. Um, they were looking at potentially doing a resort slash uh, arena out here in Las Vegas. And that would ob- obviously, you know, be kind of an acre tenant for the NBA. You know, they say, Hey, we don't have a deal with the NBA. We're doing it with, you know, in mind of hosting an NBA team here. Obviously if they build that, it's going to be a brand new billion dollar arena, which would be attractive. Um, we also have the Knights owner out here, Bill Foley saying, Hey, I want to throw my, Pat in there as well, and maybe try to lure them to T-Ball Arena if that was to be the case. Obviously, you know, he's shown he has the money to get multiple sports franchises outside of the Knights. Um, they would have to do some renovations to the T-Ball Arena here. You know, it's over seven years old now. You know, that's not old by standards, but, you know, if you're trying to draw an NBA team versus another project that's trying to build a billion-dollar dollar arena, you're going to have to do some kind of upgrade there. So, obviously, once sports in Las Vegas it was approved, obviously, with the expansion of 
sports betting in America, you know, once that happened, it kind of just took off from there. Before we let you go, Mick, uh, based on your intel, could we get a educated prediction on where the A's will play in 2025, 26, and 27? You know, uh, this whole this whole situation, when people ask me for, you know, my best guess on certain things, and uh, to tell you the truth, it's kind of up in the air still, like, uh, I, I stopped trying to do those a couple of years ago with the A situation because a lot of things changed and it seems like overnight. So I'll just say that, you know, with Oakland, Salt Lake, and Sacramento still in play, I'd say they all have equal chance at this point. There you go. Mick Akers, Las Vegas Review Journal. Thanks for joining us as usual, Mick. Uh, anytime anything moves uh, and it has Salt Lake or Vegas tones to it, <laughs> we're going to re- be reaching out. So we appreciate it, man. I oh, appreciate it. Anytime. There you go. All right. Should run for office. I think they're all very, very good places. And I think they have equal shot at this point. He's not wrong, though. (laughs) So So you're telling me there's a chance. I will tell you right now, I think Salt Lake has a better chance than Oakland. It's not dead. It's not dead. Not dead. I think that Salt Lake still has a better chance than Oakland. And obviously, to clear that hurdle of $70 million to have to make up every year of the television money... They're already probably going to be reworking the deal because if it's in Sacramento, then it's a different – it'd be a, a little bit of a different uh, – This idea that the, that uh, NBC Bay Area is just going to do the deal that the A's want. No, I know. They're not going to do that. Why would they not. want a broad – why would they want – if they're not playing in Oakland, right. they're not playing the Bay Area, right. So they people they, are going to stop watching. They're going to redo the deal. So the reality is, is Salt Lake doesn't need to come up with $70 million a year. It needs to come up with $1 more than whatever Sacramento can come up with. I mean, the NBC, you know, Bay affiliate. Look, you can – we'll send you the satellite feed. (laughs) That's part of it. Could you imagine? Could you imagine Steve Sarks going, listen, we will send you – you can have a dedicated camera that just streams right into the homes of the people of the Bay Area. Anytime you want. We'll turn on every game for you. We'll make it work. Why would the Sacramento Club want to do that? Why I still, I still do don't that? get how they make the it San work. It's the San Francisco Giants AAA affiliate. I know, and on, on top of that. They don't care. They would have to – they would absolutely have to make the worst scheduling situation happen. It would be a nightmare. It would be an absolute disaster. There would be days where the Sacramento Rivercats would be playing like an 11 a.m. game – so that they could turn the thing around for a 735 first pitch. There would be days where they'd cross over. Or they'd have to play at some uh, some junior college for a minute. Somebody's going to have to play in the daytime in Sacramento, and it, it gets pretty hot in Sacramento in the summer. I don't know. It's just there's a problem with every single one. Nothing makes sense, but they've got to find one of the three that will work. And they're going to well, find the one that works with whatever gives them the most money. My gut feeling says it's going to be Sacramento because it'll give them an opportunity to keep some of that TV money, which is what they're really about. But I'm telling you, there's still a chance they come here because they might not have another place to go. The Coliseum may not want them. Sacramento may not want them. Salt Lake wants them. We want them. Bring them here for three years. They're going to play. Yeah, then get them out of here. They're going to play at the Coliseum. It'll be an absolute uh, curveball, though. See what I did there? Nice. Because it'll be the Coliseum 
at the Bellagio or at the at Caesar's Palace in Las Vegas. They're just gonna throw some bases down at yeah, the Bellagio. Absolutely. Hey, by the way, speaking of the Bellagio, did you see that's the media hotel for uh Big Twelve Media Days? Is it? Nice. We'll see you in Vegas. Okay. Hey, Nate. <laughs> We're gonna need to send the entire staff. We'll be at the Orleans. No, <laughs> No offense, Orleans. No, what's the one next to it? <laughs> the the oh, Gold Coast. Get me to the Gold Coast. The Gold Coast. It's got a nice Chinese hey, restaurant. Orleans has bowling and movie theaters. The so. Chinese okay. restaurant inside Gold Coast, underrated. Okay. It's called Ping Pang Pong. I'll take your work for it. It is. I mean, it's legit. It is legit. Like, they come out there, and they're like, it's full-on... Chinese food. I'm not saying it's Panda Express. I'm saying it is Chinese food, and it is phenomenal. Get the walnut shrimp. All right. I'm just saying, we're coming, Vegas. We're coming for you. We will be back around the corner. When we return, oh, my goodness, what do we have? We've got tons going on. Pete Futak is going to join us, College Football News. Uh, He's going to give us his thoughts on the College Football Playoff, which is – I just want him to explain what the heck is going on. What everything means for uh, for all of us who are going to be participants and at least watching the college football playoffs. So he'll join us next. Love having Pete on with us. If you've never heard him, he is a ball of energy, and uh, it's phenomenal. So stay right here, 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. The Jazz, Utes, and Cougars is right here on The Zone. This is JJ and Alex. Presented by G2G Bars on 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. Welcome back. It is a Tuesday edition of JJ and Alex, 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. Thanks for being with us. JJ, when was the last time we had a Rudy Tootie Fresh and Fruity from uh, IHOP? I <laughs> uh, don't think I've ever had one. Could you think of something more overrated than something with an, an amazing name like that? It Just didn't didn't meet the didn't uh, meet the moment. Under delivers. Yeah. But they I've noticed they have not they've gotten away from uh, marketing that. I think they've gotten away, period. From the- Where are they? <laughs> oh, the there Rudy. was an IHOP down my way. And oh, it's gone. My and I, we're sitting here bagging on IHOP. Sorry, IHOP, if you want to advertise on uh, the EKSL. Oh, listen, I'll, I'll I'll talk up the Rudy Tootie Fresh and Fruity tomorrow. The, I'll do it in five minutes if they become sponsors. The Let's IHOP, go. where I live, is now an original it's, pancake house. It's no longer with us. Right. Oh, they just keep the pancake uh, theme going? They just, yeah, the, the yeah, new place good. came in, took over. All right. Hey, it's a Tuesday, and before we get to Pete Futak, we're going to jump in here and give away some tickets on a Jazz Ticket Tuesday. Let's do it. It's a Jazz Ticket Tuesday, and your chance to win Jazz Tickets is right now. Be caller number 12 at 801-575-ZONE, and you'll win tickets to see your Utah Jazz at the Delta Center. Presented by UCCU. Love where you bank. Give us a call right now, and you can win a pair of tickets. Call number 12 right now to 575-ZONE. That's 801-575-ZONE. Gets a pair of tickets to the Jazz versus the Charlotte Hornets. That's going to be on Thursday. That's your first game back from the All-Star break. So take advantage. You just heard Will Hardy in the break talking about uh, Keontae George getting downhill. He had that 33-point night before the All-Star break, and that was a career night for him. Maybe he can go watch it again against one of the worst teams in the league. Let's do it. 801-575-ZONE. That is KSL Zone. That's what you're going to get. Pair of tickets. 
Call number 12. All right. Joining us right now, collegefootballnews.com, he is Pete Futak. Pete, what's going on, man? There will be no IHOP slander during my segment. Are we clear on this? Are we good? <laughs> yeah, I got it out of my system. Sorry. <laughs> there will be no IHOP slander. Yeah, they changed. You're right, though. They did try to do a little marketing thing once. I can't remember what they did. It wasn't. They like changed their name. It was, it was like the International House of Chicken or something. They did something. Oh, that's right. No, it was for burgers. Yeah. It was for IHOB. Yeah, you they get, became that's IHOB, that's yes. Exactly. And everyone got all mad. Well, that, No, that was a college. It was right downstairs from uh, the girlfriend college dorm. And I used to, when I was trying to eat healthy at times, I would get, okay, I'll get the egg white omelet with this. Little did I know, like 15 years later, that basically the egg white omelet was about 4,000 calories full of you know, <laughs> various oils and stuff. And you know, like, wow, I'm eating, this is great. I'm eating healthy protein. And that's why I'm getting fatter. This is not good. But uh, I, that got me through college. Uh, little did you know, you slandered IHOP yourself during your own segment where you said you wouldn't slander them. Here we are. Uh, no, it got I me. Th- love those. Listen, I got me through. It got me through some late nights, too, in college. So there you go. Uh Pete, let's jump into whatever the whatever it is that we found out today about the new college football playoff format. We had heard tale of a five plus seven, but what exactly is the college football playoff going to be look at uh, look like this first uh, round, this first go at it, and how many SEC and Big Ten teams are we going to see? All right, if we can freeze it right here, we're good. We have <laughs> they did it right. I I hate everything. I have I I despise all changes because they always screw it up in sports and you know they they make things like all-star games bad and you know regular seasons too long and all that the college football playoff people got this one right where they kept it I, I keep trying to say I'm not to be trying to be you know Johnny cheerleader here but what they did is they just made the college football regular season just that much more massive and I don't think people who do what I do are quite grasping yet because now you can play your way in now, if you win your Power Four Conference Championship, you're going to the college football playoff. Doesn't mean you're going to have you know the two you know, some Cinderella team out there because with no divisions, you're still going to get Ohio State versus you know Michigan for the Big Ten Championship. But there's still we're still going to be in mid-November, and there's going to be a, one of those days where you know what if Kentucky wins this game or you know something like that, and look at the new Big Twelve. You know, give me the you know we've done this before. Give me the Give me the superpower team you're really freaked out about in the Big 12. There isn't one, which is why, you know, the you know Utah is probably one of the favorites right now. Arizona is one of the favorites. Oklahoma State, one of those teams is going to get in the college football playoff. So it's just going to make the regular season that much bigger because now it's not just up to a panel of judges to come up with four teams. So at the moment, the top five ranked conference champions get in and then seven at large. It's fine. That means you give, you know, you throw, you know, throw a little cookie to the group of five program champion, and they get their say in there. And then you get other teams, you know, who like an FSU of last year, uh, who might get their moments to, to you know, get in the playoff and you know do what they can do. It's just going to make December that much bigger. And all they did was originally it was going to be six by six because that's when the Pac-12 was alive, and they wanted to give it so okay, all the Power Five champs are going to get in. We'll give one other team a shot from the group of five. Well, now there's no Pac-12. We've made it to five because the last thing we want is to have two group of five conference champions in because they, all those conferences now are far weaker after expansion. No doubt. Uh, aren't the big winners here, though, the Big Ten and the SEC? Because they're going to get, what, probably 
seven of the 12 bids, and, and depending on how good Notre Dame is? Not as, not as much as you'd think. Because if you go, in, if you go over the, you know, the, the recent history, the 10 years of the college football playoff, you have to, you have, to have a certain record. Because the college football playoff committee, for all its flaws and faults, they kind of fell backwards into getting this sort of right, where they don't, they, they don't always just fall for the shiny objects, but you do have to have a certain record. And you can't, in the college football playoff era, over the last 10 years, you're not getting in if you have four losses. Like, no one came close to getting into the top 11, which is what you're going to have to be, essentially, because that 12 team's probably going to get knocked out by you know, Liberty or whatever, you know, Mac team goes 13 and all or whatever. Uh, so you're, you've got to finish in the top 11, which means you have 10 and two gets you close. Nine and three gets you, you know, gives you, gives you in a discussion, but anything worse than that? No. So what we all forget is remember 2020 when it was all SEC versus SEC, all big 10 versus big 10. There's something crazy. Like anything like four or five SEC teams had a winning record. You know, because now you're playing SEC on SEC, which means Kentucky's and the Mississippi State, they have losing records. They're not going to get there. So while it seems like they might have more, because and they might because you are going to have the power teams in those conferences, there's, I don't think they're going to completely dominate like everyone thinks they're going uh, Pete, one thing that uh, I saw that you tweeted out was what the 2020 – uh, playoff with this current setup would have been, which is phenomenal because it was the COVID year and anything was possible, but it would have been number five Notre Dame hosting uh, Coastal Carolina, Texas A&M uh, hosting Indiana, Florida versus Iowa State, Cincinnati, number eight Cincinnati hosting number nine Georgia, and the Pac-12 has no team, of course, because of the, of the uh, COVID year. I mean, we can't ask for something like that, obviously, every year. But you can, but oh, we could dream. And, and Indiana was there. And Northwestern was right on the Northwestern was right on the cut. So right. You want to talk about a, the craziest of crazy years? You would have had every possible outlier. And just three years later, none of those teams were any good who got in, except for obviously the Georgias and Alabamas and Ohio State. But yeah, that was a lot of that would have been a lot of fun. Well, and on, uh, I, I was going to say too that some of the things that ends it that's ended up happening at least is that this college football playoff over the last couple of years uh, hasn't featured, uh, you know, an Alabama champion for, for quite some time. Uh, you didn't have in the championship game anywhere, uh, you know, an SEC team, you did have a Michigan team. Where does the, where does the PAC 12 live now? I mean, obviously those two teams, how is it that you want to make, that you could make a, uh, a path for Wazoo or for Oregon state, going forward into the newest version of the college football playoff? Uh, the only way this works is if they just admit what they are and they don't schedule tough teams. Because, again, Washington State or Oregon State's not getting in at 8-4. and four. At 10-2, they would, they would hang around there. Look, you know, Liberty would have been close to the top 12 last year because they didn't play anybody, you know, all that great. They didn't play a Power 5 team. So, uh, if, if Washington State and Oregon State just schedule, oh, two power four-ish teams and then beat up on everyone else, then, yeah, they, they might ha- might be there. But would they actually be, you know, would you actually say, okay, really, they're, they're, those are one of the top 12 teams in the country? Mm-hmm. No. But the, the, where you talked about the Big Ten and the SEC, and it's really the Big Ten. I mean, the SEC, everyone's going to be taking treasure baths and making $80 million a year and stuff. The Big Ten teams are going to be making, like, $100 million plus. I mean, you want to hear complaining, just wait till the Alabamas of the world figure out 
what you know Purdue is going to be making. And it, it, there's going to be a whole new ball game when it comes to that. And what you're kind of asking is, how do we get the Pac-12 back? And the problem now is, literally, we've said this before, Justin Herbert's going to make more this year than the entire Mountain West combined from their media deal. I mean, it's, they just don't make enough money. You just don't have enough out there. You know, Nebraska is going to make more than the entire MAC combined. I mean, the disparity in money is just going to be just so ridiculously off the charts. So unless you could somehow match them up with the Mountain West and make them more attractive, I don't know what you do because who else out there is attractive? I mean, Tulane, Memphis. I mean, that's this is why I say that you kind of had to do go back to the original thought. Why you had to go to five by seven instead of six by six. The, the, power, the group of five conferences have been just gutted. Outside of the Mountain West, it has been able to stay pretty much intact. But the American Athletic Conference is just a ghost compared to what it used to be for getting Conference USA and the MAC. Uh, it, it's it's going to be a hard thing for them to figure out. Pete, like you, I think the 5-7 the, the model is awesome. I also, like you, fear that someone's going to find a way to screw this up. Could it be the TV negotiations really? coming up? Could the new TV oh, negotiations the big, yeah. for the CFP throw a wrench in all of this and, and, and somehow ruin what we have now, which is going to be amazing? Dead on it, and that's where the, the the concern about the Big Ten and the Pac-12, Big Ten and the SEC are going to kick in because if they get their way and they say, you know what, this really should be just the top twelve teams. Forget the forget the model, forget the automatic play-in. They should just be the top twelve teams. Then you kill it because the problem right now is. Everyone goes into the season saying, we got a puncher's chance. Again, with no divisions, you're not going to get that quirky Big Ten West Northwestern year or you know something like that where you get this outlier team getting in and getting a shot. It, but you are going to have those years like, look, last year Louisville, if they had beaten Florida State in the new model, Louisville's in the college football playoff. You're going to have those moments, you know, especially in the Big 12, even more than anybody else, because you are going to have that year when you know Kansas or Iowa State is going to – you know, get to nine and three and get there and they have their, their they get to the, the conference championship. And if they beat Utah, then they get to go to the college. Football. So it's just going to make it that much bigger and better. And the only way you kill that is by saying, you know what, we're going to put this right back in the hands of the judges here. And they're going to, we're going to have these people who kind of watch college football, but not really because these are like real people with jobs and lives and they're important. Uh, so they don't really pay attention until they have to. We're going to have them decide who the top 12 teams are. And then it's just, at that point, it's what's the point? You know, why are we playing college football if you don't, have, if you don't go into the season uh, thinking you have a chance? And that's the problem. Like right now, as we're talking on February was 20th, uh, we actually know that about 75 teams are already eliminated from the college football playoff. <laughs> it just, it, it's, you just kind of know how that is and if you have a system like that. College Football News is where you can find his byline. He is, of course, the publisher there. Uh, collegefootballnews.com is where you can find it all. Pete Futak, awesome to have you on the program as usual, and we'll chat with you again later. And Rudy Tootie's Fresh and Fruity, no dog. You're going to be thinking about this hey. tonight, and you're going to pound about 4,000 calories. Of That's Rudy right. Tootie. You know what? <laughs> and if you had Rudy Tootie Fresh and Fruity getting mentioned on a radio show in the next decade. They owe you money. They owe you money, owe you money <laughs> for the sponsorship. That's exactly right. sold IHOP right now. I told you. I would, one, be, I would be their biggest I'd be their biggest dude if, uh, if they became advertisers right now. Let's go. All right, Pete, we appreciate it. We'll uh, take the break here. We'll come back more around the corner. Uh, at the top of the hour, you don't want to miss it because we have uh, our own Tim Lacombe. The coach is going to join us. Uh, the All-Star Game, where that lives in his 
uh, world of most important basketball games and also with the second half of the season, even though it's way less than a half of a season for the Jazz looks like starting up on Thursday with the Charlotte Hornets. Tim LeCombe is going to join us at 5. Stay with us, 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. When TV and radio collide, love it. This is what you get. You're listening to JJ and Alex, presented by G2G Bars. Don't touch that dial on 97.5 BKSL Sports Zone. Welcome back. It is JJ and Alex, 97.5 BKSL Sports Zone. Don't miss your chance to win big every week right here on the KSL Sports Zone. On a win ticket Wednesday. Now, we seem to be giving away tickets basically every other day during the week now, too. Which is fine, because in about 25 minutes, we're going to give away another set of Jazz Charlotte Hornets tickets for Thursday. Because it's a Jazz Ticket Tuesday. But win ticket Wednesday, you're going to win tickets to the Doobie Brothers. At the Utah First Credit Union Amphitheater on August 30th. So, there you go. Yeah, I'm going to be there. I had it. Uh, I had it. I had you written down at this point to say, "Yeah, I'll be there," and, and you came through. I delivered. <laughs> oh my goodness! So all day. That's tomorrow, by the way. So tomorrow's win ticket Wednesday. You can win tickets to the Doobie Brothers. Yes, they're all still together. They are. Doobies included or not included? I'm not sure. It's up to you. Hey, so Paul Bissonette. TNT hockey analyst, current Coyotes analyst, former Coyotes player, hosts a podcast called Spit and Chicklets, which is a phenomenal name for a podcast about hockey. It invokes an image of, uh, well, spitting giant teeth out after you've hit them on the ice or somebody punches you in the face. Here's what he had to say about Salt Lake and the idea of, it's less about how amazing Salt Lake looks, although it's partly that, but it's also how much of a mess that, the Phoenix Coyotes or the Arizona Coyotes, what are they? Which Coyotes are they? Phoenix? Arizona, Arizona Coyotes. Yeah, technically, it's Arizona. See, I don't care. <laughs> Until they're the Salt Lake Coyotes, they call the Salt Lake Yotes, then I'm fine. And then when we two, in two years after that, when we change their name to the Salt Lake or to the Utah Yetis, then I'm in. All right? Here's what he had to say about Salt Lake and the promising look that it is for the possibility of them coming to Salt Lake or maybe even – Ryan Smith uh, making that happen sooner rather than later. Ryan Smith, who owns the Jazz, he's already offered a billion dollars for the team. So if they don't end up figuring out this this piece of land, I think that they're they're gone. I don't. I think that they're fed up. And and I would imagine the paperwork that was signed when they did give ownership over, Bettman did have a clause in there where if they didn't figure stuff out, that they would either have to sell the uh, the the team back to the league and or another person who's willing to buy it and move it. Ryan Smith, who owns the Jazz, so he's got the money in order to do it, move it there, and they're going to build this whole new facility that has the basketball, the hockey, and then enough for all the youth sports in order to grow as well, like youth hockey and youth basketball. Olympics, too. Olympics are going there. Olympics is going there, So and they're going to keep the old barn, so they'll have two arenas there for for the hockey portion of it. I think that Utah makes a lot of sense, and I think that at this point, to have an owner like that, it would be a good thing to move the team there. People will always be like, oh, it's not a big TV market. They'll have the local support from the community there. 
All right. Biz Nasty likes Utah for the Coyotes. That's a Coyotes former player and their current TV analyst, by the way. Ah, he wants to be in a market where people will actually watch him on TV. Why is this significant? Because this is somebody who's very tied into the Coyotes. The Yolts. Saying this on the Barstool podcast. The Yolts. And Ryan Smith's about to buy him for a billion dollars. That's not even a billion Canadian, eh? I love hearing the hockey accent. It's not a Canadian accent. It's a hockey accent, okay? And I, w- I need more of it here. The thing is, is that we know absolutely that it is a disaster there. So that's just another one. We're try- This is part of our commitment to you to keep disparaging the Arizona Coyotes in hopes that they become a Salt Lake franchise here in the NHL. Okay, so if anything is, if if we if there's something that can give us an idea that they would come to Utah sooner rather than later, we'll have it right here on JJ and Alex. There you go. That's our commitment to you. We gotta take a break. Tim Lacombe's next. Stay right here with us. 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone.